You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL, and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and down in Texas is Graham Trainer. World champion Graham Trainer. Remember, Massey, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things, and no good thing ever dies. That's good. Morgan Freeman from the Shawshank Redemption. So that's movie number eight, George. We're up to eight on how many movies I can quote. Ten, ten is the limit. Count it. All right. And Actually, Massey, that technically that's a Tim Robbins quote. Not to right. nitpick all right. here. All right. All right. <laughs> Let me introduce our third. He's on his third appearance, our SEC aficionado, George Oswald, who is down in Mobile, Alabama. Howdy, y'all. And we have glad to be here. We have an absolutely packed show. We have trainer is a world is a world champion. We are into November in the college football slate, which now we're down to teeth on the grindstone time. We need to know what these teams are going into November so it uh, gets our college football playoffs rounded out. Uh, what else are we? What else am I missing? What am I missing? Hockey's going on. NBA started. College basketball soon. We're not going to talk about none of those. We're going to talk about football this thing. No, James Harden trade. No? <laughs> no. I could care less about James Harden. It is so funny to me that people still care about James Harden. We finally can agree on something. <laughs> All right, let's let's um I wanted to give you the stage trainer because I want to know how it feels that your number one team, the team that you rooted for the most in your life, is the first time world champions. <clears throat> yeah. Um well I mean I, I'd say like I kind of I felt chesty last week and I said I was nervous about it when we when we uh, buried the Astros that I was like, oh, we're actually favorites going in the World Series versus in 2010, 2011 against the Giants and Cardinals where I felt terrified and Mm -hmm. I felt terrified by our our bullpen, but our bullpen came through and a UVA alum, Mm -hmm. Mr. Josh Spores came through for us, closed the game out. We didn't bring bring in Jose LeClerc to finish out game five. Um, Yeah, I mean, it is the biggest monkey off your back ever it's been i will get i mean it's in the huddle i've got it written in the huddle okay there's, well i can i can say it for you you stomped, yeah, we, I mean, stomped the diamondbacks you'll stomp them we stomped we stomped the snakes we killed the snakes yeah we cut the head off the snake it was great i mean it was beating the astros getting over that and then saying like oh god if somehow we have enough you, massey do you text me massey's been paying attention to the world series which i appreciate not just the farm system um, big baby. He noticed guy. that Max Scherzer and Adolis Garcia were injured. And he said, is everything okay, Graham? And I said, yes, thanks for checking on me. I love you. Um, and things ended up being an okay, being okay. And it was scary that especially Adolis was out. Max Scherzer, he's 30, 39. He's old as hell. He's a little older than me. And you know, he's, he's kind of like the mascot for the team with his witch eyes. He's an intense bro and he's a badass. And it's like, yeah, if we lose him, at least he's going to hang out in the dugout, but we lose Adolis Garcia with his fire arm and his big bat, that was scary, and I was nervous. So I appreciate you checking in on me. World Series Friend. champs, Texas Rangers, first time in their 63-year history. Uh, George, you watching the World Series? I did watch a little bit of it. It was really good. Game four was just a massacre, so that was kind of fun. And then uh, game five was lasted, you know, till the ninth inning. 
lot of surprises along the way. But um, I had a question for Graham. How mm-hmm. often is the World Series decided in five games? Ooh, good question. Um, the last time I can recall was 2010 when the Rangers lost to Bruce Bochy's Giants. I went to game five and I watched the Giants celebrate in Arlington in front of me. It was super awkward, as I'm sure it was for Dimebacks fans last night, having the Rangers <laughs> jump around. I don't know the actual number. Yeah, um, I was just curious because it doesn't seem yeah. like, you know. It's, if a, you it's an odd it's an odd one because it's two, three, two, two games at home, three on the road, two at home. If you're the, obviously if you're the um, home field advantage team. So yeah. Yeah. If you were living under a rock and hadn't been paying attention at all, then, you know, seeing the world series only and no other baseball this year, you would clearly think that the Rangers are just the best damn team ever. Yes. And yeah, I've, I've heard uh, Daniel Stelling, friend of the show, very angry about the Braves, very angry. Wouldn't wish bitter. me any love and bitter. support. Very bitter, very bitter. We need to, <laughs> we need to check on him. Let's get a, let's get a wellness check on him. I'm, I'm good now, Massey. So move your, um, your sweet love to, to Daniel. Oh, I, I had a question. Are we ready to admit as a society that when 42,000 people in Ranger stadium started singing along every single word of creed, that Creed is secretly loved by every single person in America. Are we ready to admit that as a society? We've buried it deep somewhere in the Nickelback hate, but I think we need to recognize the fact that Creed, playing Creed, was electric at the World Series this year. Yes, that was uh, compliments of Dane Dunning, one of the goofiest players on our team, a pitcher with like a massive ERA. Thank God we didn't have to look to him in game five or six or seven if those had happened. Um, he was the one in the middle of the dog days of summer, as they say, we were down a little hard. We had, you know, gotten Max Scherzer. We went on a little bit of like of a, we're kicking, kicking ass, winning the division. And then the Astros and Mariners all of a sudden started storming back and taking our division away from us. And players more morale, player morale was down. He started playing Creed, which I'm sure he's probably born in like, I don't know. He's one of those kids. It's like, oh, I found this Creed band. He didn't live through Creed. <laughs> I found he's this like, Creed CD. Who are these ironically, guys? Ironically, yeah, ironically, I'm going to play this garbage rock and everybody's going to like loosen up. And that's what happened. And so it became the anthem. Well, I'm, I'm ready for them to come back. They're probably going to announce <laughs> a world tour here shortly. All right. We have an absolutely packed show. We need to get to it. We have a huddle. We have the Baker's Dozen. And we're going to plow through as much as we can. If we get to the end of the episode and you're listening to it on the radio, download our podcast. We'll finish off all our picks. uh, And you can hear it there wherever podcasts are available. We are Teton Sports Talk. Now, the huddle consists of five segments. The good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something you're stuck on, your quote slash question of the week, and your goat of the week. George, I'm going to start with you this week. Give me your good news. So I know you were looking for a segue to get to college football, but you're going to have to hang on another second. because My favorite quote was a late one. And uh, I just want to suck my thumb and eat ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. I appreciate that, George. I know where that came from. Uh, That sounds like every head coach after a loss in football, unless you're (laughs) Sam Pittman, then you love drinking beers. False. That's why I liked it so much because it's the uh, Diamondbacks coach after the game in a press conference is just like he looks like he's about to just fall into tears and uh i was just laughing to myself when he said that and he acknowledged that it was weird that he said that but can you imagine anybody else 
Mike, well, the first one that comes to my mind is, of course, is Saban. Can you imagine Saban saying something like that? <laughs> no, and no. You, it just it sounds like something a loser would say. And granted, in that moment, he is a loser. But that sounds <laughs> like a broader statement of his mental state is just that's brutal. And yeah. like, if I was the owner of the Diamondbacks, I'd like pull him aside like two weeks later and be like, I don't want to ever hear you say something like that again. Don't you ever say that again. Yeah, that's that's like a knock on the uh, his wife has to knock on the door leading down to the basement. Like, honey, do you yeah. need anything? And the first the first half of that quote is like he just wants to like get out of town. He's going to go like sit in a tent for a little while. And it, he like, wants to go camping. That's where it started. And yeah, it went weirder from there. Oh, maybe he just wants to pull a Ricky Williams and just get as high as humanly possible and live on a beach in Australia. Yeah, I mean, uh, Arizona doing peyote in the desert. I'm sure that's what it's a uh, thing. T- uh, Tori Lavulo is doing right now. But it was, it is, it reminds me of the old basketball movie, kids. When the it's like at the end when it says <laughs> or <laughs> the losing team in the locker room interview, where it's like it seems to be raining shit on Joe <laughs> Cooper. It's like, why do we have these manager awkward corridor, like hallway interviews where it's like, you have the sad, sad manager interviews. Like they have to put up with even having the microphone in their face, especially after baseball, it's been 190 plus games, including spring training. It's like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, Just leave me alone. Yeah. I just want to hang out with my boys. <laughs> all right, trainer, give me your good news yeah. of the week. I mean, all right. It, you know, it's, uh, this is Bruce, Bruce Bochy's four titles as a manager. Uh, he, he had retired from San Francisco after the 2019 World Series – or, sorry, 2019 season. He had won three World Series with them. Um, in, that, in his last year, as in, like, 2022, he was coaching – I thought this was interesting. He was managing Team France uh, mm. in the World Baseball Classic qualifier, qualifier, and he felt an itch to get back into things in baseball, in Major League Baseball. He said, I was in Ravensburg, Germany in the dugout last year, last October. And I said, man, I really missed this. So Chris Young, former Rangers pitcher, who's our GM now, reached out to him and got him back, you know, in the dugout. He was a calm presence throughout. I mean, he does little things like last night, even he, this is just, you know, the weird baseball stuff. He was on one side of the dugout and they were, they were flat and they couldn't score. And then he moved to the other side of the dugout. And the superstition stuff worked. They went up 5-0. So it's just that kind of weird things. He joins uh, in the past 75 years, only Tony La Russa and Sparky Anderson to have won titles with two different franchises as a manager. Um, Bruce Bochy, I mean, he was a, he's, a, he's a god. He, I hated him so much in 2010 when the yeah. Giants beat the Rangers. I hated him. I was like, who's this crotchety old man who's taking my life? taking my fan <laughs> my summer away from me the fall my so, soul is gone yeah it's uh i mean yeah it's amazing seager seager Corey seager joined sandy koufax bob gibson and reggie jackson's the only players in history to win two world series mvps he got a 10-year contract they, they lured him away from the dodgers of all teams the dodgers will pay for anybody and like i mean it it showed up as the best contract the Rangers have probably ever signed. So, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. We went 11, 11 and 0 on the road. Um, congratulations, trainer. This is, this is big. I can tell. Do the Rangers, your... do the Rangers not like playing at home? <laughs> is it the fans? Is it me? Yeah. Is it, is it me? me? Yeah, yeah. I got to find. Yeah. So yeah, the, the ESPN he- headlines would be, do the Rangers hate playing in Texas? Are they a dynasty? So it's, it's exciting. And I, 
you know, we, we look to the, the rest of the football season and I don't feel like I have to pretend to think or have the, the Cowboys actually like promise me anything anymore. I feel very free. I, I, I like, I hate the world less today. So yeah. I feel, feel happy. Yeah. Good. Good for you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank all you. right. All right. <laughs> Enough of that. I want you to bring back. I want, I want, I want to bring you back down into into the misery fandom that sometimes we uh we normal sports fans can uh well i got one all right my mini good news like this uva finally gets out cbs does a bottom 25 uh football teams in college football yeah yeah i try to avoid that they so does uva they finally got out of the bottom 25 so nice i'm humbled i'm humbled so they they put a they put us out of the top 25 for going, taking an injured Tyler Van Dyke to overtime last week. That's pretty sick. Well, before the U- <laughs> UNC win and then the Miami loss by three, it was like, all right, it's time for UVA to like graduate to the non bottom 25. college football. They're only, they're only like uh, Georgia tech's only favored <laughs> by like three and a half this week. I was like sh- was shocked mm. by it. All right. We got it. We got to move on. My good news of the week. Y'all have all heard of red zone. But now this Saturday, they're gonna try they're gonna try this out. They're gonna try a college football red zone with host Pat McAfee and Reese Davis. They're gonna host it in prime time and go from game to game all for all the significant plays, just like red zone. I think this is exactly what college football needs because there's so many college football games, you can't keep track all day. It's hard to it's gonna be great to have Pat McAfee, who I think is a emerging football personality that I that I like. I'm glad he's he's hosting it. Reese Davis has been like on my television for I think the better part of 25 years. So he's like the foundation of college football analysis, not analysis, but let's say announcing. And then you have yeah, Pat McAfee like, as the new the yeah. new wave guy. Yeah, I say Reese Davis and Chris Fowler and um Kirk Herbstreet. Herbstreet are like they're like your uncles and then McAfee's like your weird older brother with that wears um black tank tops all the time and stands up. Yeah. Know? Do you like George? Do you like Pat McAfee on College Game Day? I haven't watched enough of him, but uh, he sure is blowing up this year. And I didn't know about your good news of the week. I mean, I'll watch it. Yeah, it seems like something. It's on ESPN too. No, no free ads, ESPN. But uh, it seems like something that I, I want to at least look at. It's going to be an experiment. I think previously in like television past, there was no room for error, so every television show had to have like a. a you know, hit their target audience, blah, 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 blah. But now there's so much content out there and people stream YouTube videos of all of them sitting around watching football. Why not have ESPN do it and kind of copy that model? All right, we got to move on. Yeah, there's – Go ahead. Well, there's so much money too. They're like ESPN is probably like, you know what? Yeah, we can afford to like burn through a small pile of cash to see how this goes. Yeah, it seems to be that way. Although they're, they don't keep any – they don't pay any of their talents. They <laughs> let Pollock go. I would see Pollock and Chris – I mean, Pat McAfee uh, breakdown games. Where did, where did Pollock go? He got fired after he told Nick Saban he wasn't the greatest coach in college football. Are you serious? Don't do that. Well, yeah, he did it. He that. did it last year before the college football playoff or the SEC championship game, and he didn't get rehired this year. Coincidence? <laughs> Coincidence? <laughs> I don't know. I think not. Don't come- I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed ESPN is beta testing something. They're the most polished. You know, they're annoying. They're corporate. They're polished. Like, to beta test – in an ESPN program is yeah. That blows my mind, but I, I'm, I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited, but we're going to watch it. I'm going to yeah. watch it. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. Yes. All right, George, give me your critical number of the week. 
Thank you for asking. My critical number of the week is 10. Miss mm. Davis from uh, Varsity Blues. She's a 10. She's an effing 10. The ranking of Old Miss. It is oh. week 10, and uh, I'm just really excited. I feel like uh, it's critical because come Sunday morning, mm-hmm. the whole college football landscape is going to be so much more clear. Yep. And right now we're just like, well, I mean, Georgia is good. Ohio State is good, but there's this ellipsis after every statement that somebody's saying. It's like whoever's going to get there has to win out. No one can just like there's no like schedule finagling that can just work out in somebody's favor. Everybody has to win out. And it's really exciting. So critical number is 10 because we're just right there on the precipice where, you know, Sunday is going to be the beginning of the late season. We're at the end of the mid season and everything you've done so far isn't really going to matter. You're right, because we have, not that the Big 12, is, Big 12 is super relevant, but we're kind of looking at the Big 12 and saying, okay, it's between Texas and Oklahoma, when in fact there are four teams uh, tied for first place, Kansas State, Texas, Oklahoma, and surprisingly, like Iowa State, I believe, is in that conversation. Oklahoma State, I think, is just a little, maybe, maybe they're tied for first as well, maybe a five-way tie. Um, the Pack... The Pac-12, everyone, I mean, Oregon went down to Utah last weekend and beat the brakes off a tough Utah team in Utah. That doesn't happen. They seem to be making every bit of their case that if they face a Washington team in the Pac-12 final, they can get there. And I'm trying to think of the Big Ten. Big Ten has got November. We've been waiting for November for the Big Ten East to sort itself out between Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. And I don't think Michigan's got the strength of schedule, even if they if they lose to – Ohio State that they can get in with a one loss. I mean, everyone's kind of now that they know all they the have to signals. Win they have, they have, they have to, win to win out. Everybody, everybody in the bag has to win. And if you don't win, you should not be complaining about not being in the top four anymore. Do you think Michigan can win now that uh, they don't know all the other team signals? <laughs> do Do they not? Uh, are they gonna Are they gonna quit doing this? And then, I mean, are they? They're going to find new ways to do it. It's like the Astros. They're going to find new weird ways to keep cheating throughout the season. We could do a whole podcast just on that story. It's kind of dominating college football right now, which is a bit of a bummer. Because, you know, uh, yeah, it's fascinating, but, you know, it's not illegal to steal signs. It's it's illegal to uh, scout in person midseason. That's what they're on the line for. So Yeah. Like, yeah. And they're right. They're they're taking it above and beyond it's kind of like there's this there's this unspoken gamesmanship thing amongst coaches and they've crossed that line is the feeling yeah, it's I funny yeah. uh they did the uh, coaches poll of you know how they feel about it and what they think and what the punishment might be or should be and uh it's really mixed there's not a trend in any direction that like the majority of people are agreeing that yes or no they should be punished or how bad the punishment should be or whatever. And also at this point, they're all allegations. So like I was saying, we could have a whole podcast just about Michigan, but my, the going back to where we started is, you know, they got to win out Michigan. Yeah. The smartest thing that Michigan could do is, I guess this should probably come out of Harbaugh's mouth, but you know, don't let the players be distracted by this. If they can focus, they have the talent on the field to win out. And if they do, the college football playoff committee has basically said that, you know, they're not following allegations or even punishments for that matter. They're sitting there ranking the top 
player or the top teams. Yeah. That's, that's all they're doing. Yeah. They're doing, they're doing result, result based, uh, like rankings. I have, this is my stuck on. So I don't know if we want to dovetail the Michigan talk into what we're talking <laughs> we about now. I'm just saying we could, I know. Spend an hour. Let's just, Hey, let's just stir fry the huddle. Let's just stir, uh, stir yeah. it up. All right. So my, my stuck on was the developments that have come on the story, because I think this story is absolutely hilarious. Sometimes you get to college football controversies and they're icky and they're gross and people talk about them. This one is hilarious. Cause like George said, there is not a clear uh, cut and dry, like uh, opinion amongst coaches, but Connor Stallions, the guy who this investigation and allegations are centering around, he is supposed he was recognized on the sideline of a Central Michigan versus Michigan State game, and in the pictures and the video that show his face, you can see that he's wearing a pair of those new Ray Bans with a camera embedded in the eye, uh, like the part of the sunglasses. He's standing on the Central Michigan <laughs> sideline, looking over at Michigan State. And every time the ball carrier like goes out of bounds near where he's standing, he like tucks his head or puts his hand over his face. And <laughs> he wore like, a goatee in a co- different coincidence, yeah. Massey. Coincidence. But it's also funny. It's like if Central Michigan had somebody on their sideline and they said, "Who is this?" Central Michigan should be like, "Oh, that's that's Gary." That's that's our <laughs> that's our equipment manager, Gary. But they're like, "I don't know who that is." Well, yeah, it's ball guy, Gary. <laughs> Second, like right behind the coach. Yeah. Uh, secondly, I mentioned last week that the private investigative firm was probably based in Columbus. It was not. It was based in New Hampshire, where Ryan Day is from, and his brother is in that private investigation firm. Also, the person from the the Post that broke this story went to college with Ryan Day at Boston College. So that's that's a funny coincidence there. <laughs> Third thing to break, the Big Ten coaches got on a conference call. They all called for punitive action by the Big Ten against Michigan because they know the NCAA is going to be so slow in punishing the uh, Wolverines. Like They'll do it retroactively maybe. Maybe they'll vacate some wins or whatever stupid thing the NCAA slaps programs on the wrist for. But the Big Ten coaches, they're they're pissed, and they want, they want punitive they're action hot. against uh, Harbaugh. Oh yeah, they're hot. And I, I'm, yeah, I mean, it's become, I, I feel like sign stealing will be the new way for a college football coach to just say, Hey, we lost. <laughs> so there's still our signs. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I had a bad season. Cause our signs got stolen. We had Cause Lincoln more. Riley did that. Lincoln Riley threw Utah under the bus recently. He said, they're good at stealing signs. And I was like, dude, <laughs> shut up. Lincoln. On. You've like, never had a good defense in your exactly. life. Alex I mean, Grinch I, and you are buddy or or butt buddies, and you need to get over that and let let him go. Y'all seen that banner that follows Kirby uh, Smart around on the sideline? It's like blocks the TV view. It's yeah. huge. It's like six by two feet wide, and they have two like full time staffers manning both sides of it, and they like follow them around all game long. They're black <laughs> bed sheets. They're like queen size bed sheets. <laughs> that's behind his thing. Um. Where are we? I'm at the who's at, who's who, has somebody ever gone with their critical number? Have you done your critical number trainer? No, I haven't. I will just we'll finish it up here. So 30, 30 is my critical number. Something to do with the Texas Rangers. 30, there you go. 30. Yeah, we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna tie a <laughs> bow on it so Massey doesn't hit me digitally. Um, it was it was August of 1993, Massey. Mm-hmm. A little story. Mm-hmm. The, uh, <laughs> Rangers super fan George W. Bush's dad. Poppy was president A pizza. I had to look this up. A pizza hut blimp crashed into an apartment in New York city 
The Fugitive, the movie with Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford had just come out and a little freckled buck tooth kid sat and watched Nolan Ryan beat the hell out of Rob Ventura. That was my first Texas Rangers memory. I was nine years old. My brother happened to take me to that game. And mm. yeah, it's just, I'm here now. I feel good. You're a champion. A, a weight is lifted. I'm a champion. And I, I've earned this. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love it. I love it. I had a critical I'm gonna, number. I'm going to jump in here. Go ahead. I'm going to jump in here. Oh, please. Uh, yeah. Graham is the gut of the week. There it is. I love this. That's I love how this, you get uh, invited back on I TSD. Love this, I love this random quick fire huddle. This is fun. All right. Uh, you know what, trainer? Bedlam. Just, trainer, give me your stuck on this week. Oh, Josh McDaniels. Um, <laughs> why was – and my question, why was he ever hired in the first place? He is like, such a he fraud. Worst coach ever to get a second chance in the NFL? I think so. Uh, he got fired at like 2 a.m., uh, they had trade offers for Josh, uh, Josh Jacobs, for Devonta Adams. Hunter Renfro was supposed to go to the Saints for God. I saw that. For God's sakes. Like, um, and now in, <laughs> interim head coach Antonio Pierce, formerly a linebacker of the Giants, who beat that Patriots team that was like 19-0. Quote, I'm a former player. I touch former players. They're going to feel me. I need to feel them. Um, hmm. What What's hmm. the um, – the, the 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 Raiders are playing on Monday night. What's that? What's that term, as you say? When when one for the new Gipper, when one when one for the skipper. Yeah, the skipper. So we got a new <laughs> skipper, as Antonio Pierce, and I'm excited. I just can't believe Josh Daniels. Like I can't believe anybody believed in him for a second chance, a second term, whatever you want to call it. Like it's just, is he going back to Belichick? Is Belichick going to be be the coach of of the of the Patriots, will you have a job as an offensive coordinator when you walk back to Boston? Yeah, I think Bill Belichick likes to rehire his old coordinators because I don't think he feels like explaining anything to anybody anymore. He's like, I've explained myself a thousand times. Can I just have people in here that understand how I operate so I don't have to, so I can do less and focus on other other details than coaching these coaches how to coach? Coach Coaches coach how to coach. I like that, yeah. That made my brain hurt. All right, George, give me your stuck on of the week. I don't have a great stuck on, um, but this is not topical in news, but a buddy of mine said this last week. Uh, Mac Brown of UNC fame mm-hmm. is the same age as Saban. Whoa. Saban just dyes his hair. <laughs> does Saban dye his weird? hair? Strawberry blonde? He has a strawberry blonde dye that he puts in his hair? Maybe I think like, I think what you're seeing amazing. is like the sun. He probably just dyes it brown, <laughs> and the sun is just cascading through it. So it, and he's kind of bald. It's thinning a little bit. So you might just see. Yeah. The, why doesn't he? Why doesn't he spray paint the the bald spot with like you know a little bit of like red like Carlos Boozer? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> Do know. You remember Carlos that, Boozer came out with his head spray painted like with bad hair hair dye. Oh man, that is a throwback. I haven't thought about that in a while. <laughs> well, I mean, like, is are you Massey? Are you worried that that's a lot like Coach K dyeing your hair as a coach? Is that troubling? No, because Coach K is is <laughs> no one has evolved faster than Nick Saban and Coach K is the most egotistical maniac he's ever set. He's like, we're not doing one and dones. Guess what he does now? Or did one and dones. He just don't, don't, don't bring up coach. This is not, we don't have time for coach K. 
Um, it's called what, basketball what about season, Mac Brown? Is, is Mac, Mac Brown's old as Nick Saban? All right, all right. You, you throw me for a loop. You mentioned Coach K again on this podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm, I love this show. I'm quitting. All right. Uh, I, my stuck one was the Michigan sign stealing saga. It was it's hilarious. Um, now we're to the quote or question of the week. George, what's your quote slash question of the week? Oh, I did mine already. I jumped the gun on you. I'm sorry. Oh mine yeah, that's the, right. That's right. Suck my thumb and eat ice cream for <laughs> the week. <laughs> All right, trainer, give me your quotes. That's question of the week. Uh, it's been seven effing years of the same. Shh. I'm oh, tired of this. Yeah. Shh. yeah. This is uh, this is your boy Jonathan Allen talking about playing for the Washington Commanders, and then that was last week's quote. But this week. Chris Young and Montez Sweat both got traded away. He did not get traded away, so I feel bad for him. And yeah, uh, prayers, prayers awesome. for uh, for John, for Johnny Allen. Surprised the Commanders did a fire sale, but I guess they're under new ownership with Josh Harris. So yeah, I guess I guess fire that works. Sell Rivera soon. I mean, Rivera's got to be the next shoe to drop. I'm yeah. guessing for coach, coaches after. Uh, Joshy McDans. Sam Howell seems like he's got something going on in DC. I mean, he gets sacked a bunch, but there's there's something to Sam Howell where last week he actually looked like a NFL quarterback. So I'm not sure what they're gonna do with him because usually maybe, it's coach, maybe. QB, everybody. Yeah, maybe. I mean t- Taylor Heineke, who might be starting for the Falcons this Sunday, I feel like he had a little he Sam is. Howell in him too. So is it is it something that like Sam Howell had? I, I I don't know. They're gonna draft a quarterback in the draft probably, but you know. Taylor Heineke scored twenty points and the uh, in the second half and the Falcons lost to the Titans 23-28. Yeah. Pretty pretty good stuff. Uh my quote of the week. When my time on this earth is gone and my my activities here are past, I want them to bury me upside down so the critics can kiss my ass. Nicely done. Said by Bob Knight, may he rest in peace, the legendary <laughs> Hall of Famer Bob Knight, who won, surprise, I didn't know this, won a national title with Ohio State in 1961, playing a small role coming off the bench. Three-time national champion, Ooh. 76, 81, 87. He was undefeated in 1976. He's been in the Final Four five times. He's a three-time AP Coach of the Year. He was controversial. He was foul mouth. And people loved him. He was on your television, and when you were when he was on your television, you watched. May Bob Knight may you rest in peace. Yes, I will. I will kiss his ass <coughs> to, today because I criticized him for strangling one of his players once, maybe on this very show. I did internally. I said that was that was mean. Yeah, I was so pretty big critic of him. Well, I'm, I'm pucker. I'm puckering up for a big kiss. <laughs> also, did y'all see Dabo Sweeney lose his marbles against the uh, some caller out of like Spartanburg, South Carolina? Call him and talk trash about how much they're paying him and how much he's winning. Oh, we have a go to the week. So, okay, yeah. trainer, what's your go to the week? <laughs> <laughs> go to the week. Uh, yeah, Dabo lost to NC State, moved to four and four. Quote: You're a part of the problem. If you want to apply for the job, go for it. And good luck to you. I worked my ass off. I'm not going to let this smart-ass kid get on the phone and tell me how to do my job. I work for the Board of Trustees. <laughs> Dang. Dang. I, I should have done a Dabo accent. I couldn't – I don't know. What, what, I don't remember how he sounds, actually. He He's sounds kinda, like an idiot. How, did yeah, you see this, like George? Uh, I didn't see the actual clip, but I did hear that quote, and he has completely lost his marbles. He's 
you know, in his defense, he was getting a very pointed question right yeah. in front of cameras and everything. So he stood his ground, I guess, you know, kudos for that. But he's he's off his rocker, man. He, yeah, uh, he's having a bad year and nobody's really seen some a program deflate quite like this in a long time. Yeah. And so he's just like the brunt of all the jokes and. I don't know, man. He's losing it. There was a time when everybody was just saying how he was going to like replace Saban when Saban retired. And like, you know, I wouldn't wish that on anybody at this point. Is there, can you name any college football program that would not sign Dabo Sweeney tomorrow? Mm, I can think. I can think of phrase that question. I, I, I can know, think U, of a UVA, couple. UVA might not. UVA might not because his coordinator that they hired sucks. So yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, all I can think of is Ohio State, Michigan, uh, Utah, Bama, Georgia. That's five. He's. He's got a lot to answer for, though. He's the reason that he's in this predicament is because he's resistant to the portal and he was slow to NIL. He just doesn't want to adapt. That's a good he point. Just, you know, that's, a good, that's a red flag. Uh, that's a red flag to yeah, hire somebody like that, especially he's a good the portal recruiter, And he likes to, you know, work with his hands with the offense and the defense and structure a good team. I mean, that's that's what good coaches do. But great coaches adapt and they have to change every year and he's not a great coach anymore and an argument could be made that he was only a good coach because of the talent around him the game has changed dramatically in a short span of time and he is refusing to adapt so if he can't he's gonna stay at clemson another year or two or you know however long he wants but um he will have to prove that he can you know still recruit but also facilitate NIL and, you know, raid the portal just like everybody else is to put together a squad that can actually win some games. But do you think, I think also that he's got a place to stand with defending himself against this, like, you know, whomever from Spartanburg that he put two titles in the trophy case in Clemson, South Carolina, he stood toe-to-toe with Nick Saban and in one national championship, my kitchen was clean, the dishes were done, I went back in and it was 50-7 to seven or whatever it was. I mean, he beat the brakes off. Yeah, and he did it by himself. With I mean, obviously with the help of his coordinators who are now head coaches, one at Oklahoma and the other at Virginia with varying degrees of success. Um, so, <laughs> so there, there is something to said about what he's done for Clemson, South Carolina, and it's, it's worth noting, but he is having one, he's having one bad year and the, the sound bites that he's given out are, make him look pretty, pretty silly. All right. Yeah, George, all signs okay. point to another bad year next year. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's actually like, I don't know if this is actually going to materialize anything, but. He and Brent Venables were accused of stealing signs against LSU in that 2020 national championship game. And uh, supposedly LSU found out about it, changed it up, and they scored five touchdowns in the next six drives. I found that on the internet somewhere. So I thought that was interesting that they were they were kind of, you know, sign stealing's all the rage. So had to had to bring that out. Ryan Day might have just ruined it for everybody else. Him and his brother <laughs> were like, are you stealing sign? And all the coaches were like, shut up, he, dude. Shut up. Urban Meyer had gotten, you know, in, in enough trouble with um 
infidelities at that point. So he had quit Ohio State. So Ryan Day was the coach at that time. So you're probably right. Michigan State is rumored to have uh, (laughs) talked to Urban Meyer. That's how morally bankrupt that university is. That's that's state (laughs) football. All right, uh, George, give me your go to the week. Um, my go to the week, I guess, is Ohio State, and it kind of has a pointed edge to that. Mm-hmm. They are the goat of the week. They will not be the goat next week, or the next week, or the next week. They're they're not going to hold on to their number one seed. They're not going to be able to do that. The way this is all going to shake out is all right. if they can beat Michigan, which I don't think they should have beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I thought, was the better team on the field. But, you know, they're getting all this praise for having strength of schedule. And in my eyes, uh, you know, they're not they're not going to be in that number one spot. I think whoever wins the SEC championship is going to be number one, and likely Michigan is going to beat Ohio State unless they get distracted by all this stuff that Harbaugh is bringing into the locker room. So they are the GOAT of only this week. Oh, So they, they did come out with number one. Do you think part of the playoff committee looks at their initial rankings and they say, well, this, all, this will sort itself out a little bit? That's why it's funny to talk about because they, uh, they'll, they'll be the first ones to say that, you know, they have all these stats like – seven of nine teams that started in the number one spot actually ended up there. It's like, well, y'all haven't been around that long. And that's kind of adverse to your marketing campaign that, you know, the first week is kind of meaningless and it's not predictive. Um, The CFP rankings are not predictive. It'd be kind of fun if they were, but they're not. And they are purely like if, if COVID came roaring back out of nowhere and we only had one more week to play the game, these are the top four right now. And it'd be hard to argue against that. It's pretty accurate right now, but it won't be accurate at the end of the year when it matters. I, I like that. I like that. I think Ohio State's kind of like dominance has flipped a little bit. We're used to seeing Ohio State beat teams 55 to 24, you know, and that be a high scoring. But what's his name? Jim Knowles, I think it is, coming over from Ohio, uh, Oklahoma State's old defensive quarter, made a lateral move. Many people thought he was going to be a head coach, and he made a lateral move from defensive coordinator position from the Oklahoma State Cowboys to a defensive coordinator position at Ohio State. And now it's their defense keeping them in games. And it's been kind of a role reversal when it comes to defense and offense. So it's it's been very interesting. Ryan Day, I like Harbaugh's quote, when Ryan Day was born on third and thought he hit a triple. I still think that rings true a little bit. I don't – I mean, Ooh. but Ohio State against – Georgia last year. I guess last year doesn't matter. They they're really relying on the defense, and they have pretty average quarterback in uh, McCord. I think it is my go to the week. And when they played, when they're talking about strength of schedule, when they played Notre Dame, I genuinely thought that Notre Dame was the better team, was close to winning, and probably should have won. And they didn't. And now they're getting all this credit for eking out a win, and they still have you know the toughest schedule in front of them. So. It's gonna be fun. Like I said, everybody's gotta win out. November, baby. Yeah. I was gonna say, do you remember? Do you know the last? Or do you remember? Do you know the last time a Michigan uh, quarterback won the Heisman was Jim Harbaugh, and he's basically ruined JJ McCarthy's chances of winning the Heisman. I mean, there's no way that you know this is a different different uh, topic, but I is, feel that is JJ McCarthy as as good of a Heisman candidate because he's playing nobody and beating them like a drum. Oh, I'm no, 100%, so, I am, 100%. I am, Michigan has grown, grown 
in my disfavor or whatever. They, they've grown enough, and I've heard enough people beating the Michigan drum that I'm now like, oh, Harbaugh finally got over the hump, and now I'm like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. No, no, I can't no, do JJ McCarthy anymore. If the, if if JJ McCarthy wins the Heisman over Jaden Daniels or whoever or like Marvin Harrison Jr. and um, they win the national championship, they're going to vacate it. So who cares? Someone give Reggie Bush <laughs> back his Heisman, by that's the way. Rough. Right, that's exactly. Rough. Yeah, that's it's a, it's a good time to do that. All right, my go to the week before we get in the Baker's does, and I'll do this quick. Uh, we mentioned it at storylines at the beginning of the college football season to pay attention to Brian Frentes of Iowa, their offensive coordinator. We mentioned that. He had to score 25 points a game, average 25 points a game. It was written into his contract. He's had a terrible year, and he's gone ahead and informed the school that he will not come back as an offensive coordinator. Now, the funny <laughs> part about this is that his father, Kirk Frentes, is the head coach. And all of that aside, like all of the kind of like, oh, that's kind of funny, I would like to be a fly on the wall. When Brian Frentes comes in, just dragging, dragging himself into his house, and he notices the kitchen lights are on, he's like, "Whoa, wow, what's the family doing at up? his dad's at his dad's house? He's with his parents. <laughs> Maybe he's at his dad's <laughs> house, and he walks in, and his dad's got a pot of coffee brewed, mm. and he's like, "Sit down, son. We got a discussion." <laughs> and they hash out. Um, he's like, "I'm staying. You're going. I got a good thing going on here, and you suck at your job. I'm staying. You got to go." Yeah, Iowa, Iowa's been dumb enough to keep me on for like, how long has he been the coach there? Since 1983? Something. The dad? I mean, it's silly. Yeah, no, totally. George, go ahead. I know you had something to say. No, I was just saying a long time. A long, yeah. long time. I bet you it was awkward. as long as like the... tenure. Oh, does he? He has to. He has to. Have. I think so. Right? Yeah. Yeah, was that before be the, like, TCU's, TCU's head coach? Who else has been in the game a while? No, he just – he just No, CT, Kansas uh, State. Gary Patterson's – Kansas State. Oh, oh, um, no, he's he's he 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 retired he retired probably and then came back while uh Prince was still at Iowa. Oh really? Kansas State coach. I forgot his name though. That I, think co- he's, I think he might be dead even. <laughs> I mean, he guy's old. Or he was old. I don't know. <laughs> All right, we gotta get to the Baker's dozen. We're gonna run through as many as the people listening on air can have and if you stick or, or some no, don't you can't stick around but if you want to hear the rest of our baker's dozen please download our podcast we are teton sports talk wherever podcasts are available we have a great week in college football we have a great week in the nfl i think we're going to start with college football because that's kind of been our theme this podcast and let's do let's do this um trainer i'll let you let you pick and then let George pick and we'll just alternate. You you'll go first. We'll do the snake draft with with uh with picks. How about we, that? Yeah, yeah, 100%. That sounds good. And we should we should emphasize that I know the Diamondbacks made the World Series and the Rangers won the World Series. That's improbable, guys. Yeah. Kids yeah. out there, the ratings were awful. I get it. Nobody wanted to watch. So it's like a bunch of kids that, that want to go to Marvel movies instead of going to see Killers of the Flower Moon. Nobody respects true art anymore sure massey and i are literally through week nine we are tied in the baker's dozen the baker's dirty dozen 60 51 and three we are tied that doesn't make any sense i don't see how that even that just it's so halloween yeah i love it and i'm just so much smarter than you that i'm shocked that you were able to catch up Mm. Mm. okay (laughs) (laughs) 
What was I doing? Got him. You heard, you heard my feelings. Now I'm confused. What was I doing? <laughs> All right. I'm picking first. You're picking first. Oh, I'm picking first. LSU and Alabama. Okay. Go All ahead. right. Ready? Ask Number 14, me. LSU. They are six and two and four and one in the conference. I'm going to go through this list and list the conference record second just because it's that relevant going into November. So number 14, LSU, 6-2, and 4-1, and one, is traveling to Tuscaloosa, number 8 in the country. T- uh, Bama is 7-1 and one with their only loss to Texas, 5-0 and oh in the conference. LSU's got some pretty good losses, number 4, FSU, and number 10, Ole Miss. Brian Kelly has Jalen Daniels rolling, 2,500 yards, 25 touchdowns, three interceptions. This is a battle for the inside track in the SEC West and a trip to Atlanta. Trainer, give me your take here. Oh, excuse me. Bama is favored by three at home. That is true. Uh, Massey or and Massey and George, do you know who the last starting quarterback was to beat Nick Saban in back-to-back season? I do. A, oh, you do? At LSU or maybe even before that. Different, a Big Ten school. He was at a yep. Big Ten school. Yep. Gold and black is their color. And, and he, he wore, played, he and he played w- in golden. Go ahead, Massey. He played know. in golden black uh, in the in the NFL. And he won a national world, sorry, excuse me, Super Bowl championship in golden black. Yep. Drew Number Brees. <laughs> Drew Brees <laughs> of the Purdue Boilermakers. <laughs> That's right. Oh, so, shoot. I yes, did hear that earlier this week. Jaden Daniels yeah. for Heisman and LSU's a better offense. And I... I know their secondary kind of sucks, but like, why does that matter? You know, LSU. I can tell you why that matters, but I'll let George oh. lead the way. <laughs> if you want to underthink this, it's Bama. Uh, if you want to overthink it and look into every factor and overturn every rock, you could find a way that LSU is going to win this game. I think uh, if Milrow can avoid fumbling or throwing an interception and they can mm-hmm. keep LSU under 34 is the number I wrote down. Oh, really? I said 30. Them, I said 30. I think if they can keep them under 34, Bama's going to win. Um, but if Jaden Daniels has, you know, the night yeah. that statement wins. The Heisman and, win. <laughs> and if Milrow has even like one turnover, especially an interception, then there might be some magic out there that uh, LSU grabs onto. But like I said at the beginning, if you want to underthink it, it's Bama. It's at home. Bama's on. Uh, they struggled earlier in the season, but they seem to have turned something on now. And uh, I think it's kind of funny that the spread is three. Whoever wins this is going to be more than three. Yeah, um, I'm under the impression – that Bama might I, – I, I can't tell. Bama is really good at defense. Kevin Steele has that defense humming. Now, when it comes to the offense, I don't know if the run game sets up the long ball for Jalen Monroe, Monroe uh, but it seems like the long ball might just set up the long ball. They go for chunk plays with with Burton and Bond. If the, I said if their defense can hold LSU under 30 points, that might be – might be the ticket, but also Alabama depends on the explosive plays, and LSU ranks 105th nationally against that statistic. Now, explosive plays are for 20 yards and more. LSU's defense is so, so bad. I think they're ranked 128th out of 132 or something like that in, in total defense. If Jalen Daniels, who's averaging 
11.5 yards of completion. That is a first down every time he drops back. He has a 73% completion percentage. They're averaging over 47 points a game. If they can get that down to 28-30 by smothering them on defense, it's all about the Alabama's pass rush, and that's the only way I see Alabama winning this game. It's going to be an awesome game. It's going to be the best game of the week. By far, and that's why, and that's why we led with it, because people forget – People, people don't forget, but LSU-Alabama and Alabama-Auburn, those three teams, for the better part of 10 years, whoever won those games went on to win the national title for quite some time. There was five years in a row yeah. the Iron Bowl decided the national title participant, I guess. Yeah. The only unanswered question, unanswerable question right now is can LSU make their way back? Alabama can. Can LSU make their way back to the top four and go to the playoff? If they win this game, that's going to be that's tough. They do have a, if FSU wins out and they have that loss looks better. The only problem right. is they lost to Ole Miss. Ole Miss has only one loss in the SEC, which is to Bama, and and they're going to have to like <laughs> whatever the yeah. tiebreaker is for that. Are you aware of any of those th- things, George? Um, not hyperly so, but, uh, I mean, yeah, they lost to Ole Miss, but they also scored 49 in that game and still lost. So like, it's not like their offense shut down or something. Yeah. So, um, no, I think, uh, Ole Miss is probably due for another loss before the end of the season. And, um, you know, also you got to keep in mind the playoff committee, you know, they like the eye test too. They don't discount that. I mean, take a look at Ole Miss and LSU. Uh, LSU's going to pass the eye test better than Ole Miss for sure. All right. Just hey, just so I don't just so I don't piss y'all off. Bama, I have Alabama Bama winning by two. Alabama by two. Oh, so God. I'm just taking Give LSU to cover. Give yeah. me a break. So I want I want everybody to know I'm I'm friendly here. That's why I went first. <laughs> I have Bama in <laughs> the ports points. What say you, George? Uh, Bama points. Number five, Washington goes down to Southern California in L.A. They take on number 20, USC, Washington undefeated on the year. USC 7-2 with a loss to Utah and Notre Dame. Got the brakes beat off them by Notre Dame. Washington's coming off two lackluster performances against Arizona State and Stanford. Here's something that might concern you if you're a Washington, Washington fan like myself. They allowed Stanford 33 points. 33 points. Stanford scored 10 points against USC and their terrible defense, six against Oregon, and seven against UCLA. 33 points, Washington. That is scary. Um, It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be fun. I've been rolling with Washington all year. I'm going to take – I'll go ahead and steal those. I'm going to take Washington and the points. George, what say you? You got to take Washington. Uh, they are struggling right now, and people are – like I said, beginning, if you want to underthink it, you know, take Washington. If you want to overthink it and cook something up and uh, turn over every rock, you could find a way for USC to somehow – you can depend on some old stats from previous games, but no, it's Washington. Trainer? Oh, screw it. Washington gave up 33 points to Stanford, and I've got Oregon and our, uh, our, you know, our big eight that we have going on. That's right. I think that, yeah, I think that USC, you, did you guys see that protest that happened where like the, there's a bunch of kids that sat on the field because they're, they're mad about the suspension of a, of a uh, professor 
what, what is this, 1967? <laughs> it was played in Berkeley. What do you expect? Berkeley is. You guys didn't see this? There was there was like a there was like a <laughs> Occupy Wall Street at the at the 50 yard line. Anyway, yeah, I, I mean, I'll be the I'll be the contrarian. I think USC can outscore Washington, and yeah, Oregon. Oregon's going to make the college football playoff. So first here we go. first to 50, first to 45. Who wins? Yeah, it? exactly. First 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 to 50. I think the over under was like seventy six, which I think it might get shattered. It should. All right, we're 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 moving on. Number twenty three, Kansas State, six and two on the season, four and one in conference, playing in Austin at number seven, Texas. Malik Murphy is making the start in replace of Quinn Ewers due to a shoulder sprain. Texas. Seven and one, four and one, with a loss to Oklahoma. Now Kansas State lost to Oklahoma State and Missouri. They're both ranked in the top twenty-five in the initial poll. Kansas State runs a hybrid quarterback, Will Howard and Avery Johnson. Howard being the more true quarterback, Johnson kind of running a wildcat style offense. Can Texas cover the four points here, George? Uh, they can, yes, they have no business losing this game, but I'm definitely taking Kansas state just for chaos theory It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I think Texas could be caught off guard. Malik Murphy is a gamer, yeah, but, uh, he's still kind of figuring out how that position works at this level and at this speed. But, um, if yours was back, the spread would be bigger. Kansas state, if they beat Texas, uh, I have this written down somewhere. The Big 12's chances of making the playoff diminish to like less than 1%. Whoa. Good. <laughs> what say you, trainer? Texas by four at home. Oh, man. I, I was the age of the chaos for those first two, but I like Kansas State. The, the, the only Texas that matters in Texas is the Texas Rangers. <laughs> all right. All right. Kansas, Kansas State. Kansas State has not Kansas allowed State, a touchdown in the last two games that boasts the best scoring defense in the Big 12. Malik Murphy had two costly turnovers last week against BYU, but then again, it's BYU. He had two touchdown passes in response to his tur- two turnovers. This is what I mentioned. There's a lot of stake for the race to the Big 12 title. Kansas State, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, who plays Kansas. These are all in the mix. I've been on Kansas State all year. I buried them when they lost to Oklahoma State. I'm back on them. I'm going to take Kansas State and the points. All right, we're Love going. It. We're going back to the SEC number twelve. Number twelve, Missouri. Huh? huh? Her? <laughs> number twelve, hey. Missouri. They're seven one with their only loss against LSU. Three and one in the conference is going to Athens, Georgia, in the in a stadium between uh, that you can hear crickets between the hedges. It's so quiet. Number two, Georgia. <laughs> They're 8-0, 5-0 in the conference. They're favored by 15 and a half. Look out, Carson Beck playing for the Dogs, 2,500 yards, 14 touchdowns, no Brock Bowers, no problem. Mm. And on the opposite side, Brady Cook, nothing to slouch out. Pretty close statistics, 2,300 yards, 15 touchdowns. The Tigers have a 97% success rate in the red zone. Their offense is averaging over 470 yards in the last five games trainer can missouri cover this spread against georgia 15 and a half without brock bowers yeah i'll take it oh do it. i love it i love it i love it i love it george i love sec east needs some drama so it does take it. <laughs> bored bored over there there are so many people saying how good the zoo's uh 
offenses and how it's going to be trouble and it's going to be interesting to see them against Georgia. Georgia is on. Georgia yeah. was not on yeah. before the Kentucky game. Georgia is definitely on, and uh, I don't want to hurt y'all's feelings, but I do listen to other sports podcasts. And one of my favorites compared what? Carson Beck. <laughs> he said of Carson Beck, it's almost like he's in a video game between missions where he's like not fighting anybody or not rescuing some damsel in distress. He's just like building health, grabbing ammo, stockpiling, earning new weapons like in Zelda or something. He's just like okay. wandering around. He's just, he's oh, like nice. on his own time. Dominating. Zelda. Yeah. He's like dominating the landscape. He's just figuring out the offense uh, <laughs> in such a thorough way that he's just, he they're on, they're going to win. They're going to cover the spread. They're going to win out. Uh, they will definitely be, Heading to the college football playoff, it just depends on what slate and how the SEC championship ends up. Carson Beck has four games with over 300 yards. He has found his new favorite target in uh, Lad McConkey, his wide receiver. I've said this all along, Georgia has a very soft schedule, but as things have played out, Georgia has gotten better as, there, as the schedule's uh, increased in difficulty and in their final four games they play number 12 Missouri this Saturday number 10 Ole Miss and at Tennessee so they will have plenty of proving grounds for Carson Beck to get more and more comfortable just like George said I'm taking Georgia in the points because they are a machine and I hate them for it (laughs) moving on Texas A&M. We got to talk about Jimbo Fisher on the road. He is five and three with losses to Miami, Bama, and Tennessee all on the road. Ole Miss is uh, at number ten. They are favored by three points at home. They're seven and one with their only loss to Bama. Lane Kiffin has Jackson Dart and company going bonkers. I think they have they have three receivers with over five hundred yards, and their running back Judkins. Might be the difference in their offense. Texas A&M has lost eight games on the eight straight games on the road. I forgot who's picking first. I'm just going to go with George. What do you say? You what say you? Ole Miss minus three at home. I have some fun things about this. I had a backup critical number of 39. Texas A&M hasn't scored a second half touchdown in 39 games. What? Or 39 days? Oh. That would be four <sighs> games ago against Auburn and honestly towards the later half of the second or the second half of the season Auburn's gotten better A&M hasn't improved at all and (laughs) my other thing that I wanted to say about this matchup is it's so awesome college football is so awesome that in the same breath we can talk about how the weight of LSU's loss to Ole Miss and then also this game has a spread of three against A&M. Yeah. Like, those two things are true at the same time. That's incredibly insulting to Ole Miss. Ole Miss is going to win. They're better than A&M. Jimbo should have been fired last year, but who has that kind of money? Oil tycoons in, in the West Texas oil field. His buyout, his buyout's down, I think, to $75 million? They have. They cheap. They How does have that work? The money. They have the money. They don't have the next coach lined up. Who who's gonna replace him? I think we're I think uh, we're talking Jim Harbaugh. Wait, how does it wait, does it get Harbaugh has like, had enough of college football? He is going to the <laughs> Yeah, he's done. He's like, okay, I'm over. Saints. What'd you say, trainer? Oh, Jim Harbaugh's going to the Saints. Um, I would I'll go with Ole Miss. Yeah, I like Ole Miss. Ole Miss's defense is garbage. I just like Dart better as a quarterback playing at home. 
yeah, I'll take I'll take Ole Miss. You were mentioning something about Jimbo's buyout. His buyout goes down ten million dollars every single season throughout his like ten year contract or something. Uh, when did his ten year contract start? Because Corey Seager's no contract idea. for the Rangers is very awesome, and I'm just I'm confused about why. Uh, <laughs> What? Sorry. Sorry. Were you trying to draw a parallel yeah. now? Uh, yeah, I well, well. No, I it's like been a few. Old, it's been a few minutes since we've talked about the Rangers. He's getting itchy. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. A few. A few minutes. A few beers too. So my bad. All right. I, I like Ole Miss in the points as well. Jimbo Fisher loses nine on the road. There's no hot seat bigger than uh, or hotter than Jimbo's. He he's looking very confused down in College Station. Number nine, Oklahoma, seven and one with one loss to Kansas is at. 20, number 22 in the country, Oklahoma State in bed in Bedlam, excuse me, in Stillwater. It's gonna be Bedlam. Uh Mike Gundy somehow has turned it around after losing to Iowa State and the University of South Alabama. Now Iowa State also lost to Ohio. Is another uh what is it? What are they? Power five teams? They're not even power five teams. Group of five? Ohio? Uh, yeah, they're power five. Conference. They're not. Conference USA. Mac? Yeah. Mac? Mac Ohio? teams. Mac yeah. teams. I think they're a Mac team. Yeah, I think so. Um, Alan, uh, excuse me. The real the real reason for Oklahoma State's success is their thousand yard rusher, Ollie Gordon. With he's got a thousand yards and ten touchdowns. He barely touched the ball the first three games, and now has exploded since their loss to the South Alabama with three games over hundred yards and two games with over two hundred and fifty yards. Can Oklahoma survive this test at Oklahoma State? Trainer, Oklahoma favored Ooh. by five and a half. Oklahoma favored. I, I I feel like we've uh, Massey has played the wild card card with me many times or on this show the past. Like I feel like Oklahoma State hasn't lost all season because we've been playing Oklahoma State and they've just been on this streak, this hot streak. Um, Oklahoma gives up a lot on the ground. And you just mentioned uh, Ollie Gordon. I like Oklahoma State. I like them to cover. I think Oklahoma was, you know, as tough as tissue paper. So it's over. All right, George. What you got? The field is going to implode, and both these teams are going to lose. This is going to be a pillow fight. I never understood why people (laughs) were talking about how great Oklahoma was at the beginning of this season, and they, you know, they're not even – really truly in the playoff conversation um i'm gonna go with okay state just for surprise factor i think mm-hmm. they're gonna i think uh oklahoma is probably looking further down the road and they're gonna just get an uppercut oklahoma was stunned by kansas last week who called that i did no i just called them to cover i i don't don't get all uppity on me you can audit i think you might have you were excited about it you're excited <laughs> about kansas you nailed that one um you love the Blue Bloods. I have been picking Oklahoma State with the wild card for the last few weeks. I hate hate not to be contrarian on the show, but give, give me Oklahoma State. Actually, I think it might be a little closer than we think. I'll take – oh, well, yep, 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 yep. Oklahoma State, the points. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Almost almost misspoke there. Um, should we talk – let's give a brief, brief <laughs> lip service to Ohio State at Rutgers. Ohio State favored by 18.5 points. On the road in uh, New Jersey, what say you, trainer? Yeah, I know Shiano can like put on a show. Um, I can't believe how Rutgers. What are they? Five and two or six, six and, and two. two this year? Yeah, six and two. Bowl eligible. Eight um, bowl eligible. Exactly. Oklahoma State, or sorry, Oklahoma State, Ohio State, the other OSU. 
South, the South OSU. I don't know if 18 and a half seems like a lot the way Ohio state has been playing, especially on the road. And like, I don't think Rutgers is a bad team. So I'll actually, I'll take Rutgers to cover. All right, George. Ohio state. <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't, don't overthink it there. Ohio state, <laughs> Ohio state covers that 18 and a half point spread. Uh, I think, I think they might. I think Kevin McCord might take his toy Marvin Harrison Jr. out for a nice Ooh. spin and and really try to open it up in that pass game. All right, wild card time. Ooh, Uh-oh. one or two, one or two. Odds or evens, and we'll just throw it up, and uh, we'll do it that way. Ready? Ready? Do you know how to play odds and evens, George? Do I know what? Do you know how to play odds and evens? Uh, yeah, I'm just going to say one or the other. Yeah, I'm going to hold it up. One, two, three. Odd. Odd, okay. Odd. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I wasn't expecting you to show me. I thought I was supposed to guess. Yo, okay, whatever, whatever. Ma- Massey's, Massey's, Massey's <laughs> chief choreographer officer on the show. So I, I have no idea <laughs> we, we completely failed. We completely failed. <laughs> what, is, th- what is this? What am I doing right now? You go odds or evens, and you either show a two or a one, and the odd person out is is the number picked. Well, you went first and showed me. So I'm, I'm going to one. I said one, two, three. He's sign stealing. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right. Focus, focus. Notre Dame minus three at Clemson. Minus three at Clemson. Can Clemson get off the mat, George? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I think Notre Dame is really good. They uh, struggled lately, and they lost to Ohio State. But I mean, um, I'm spacing on the quarterback's name, but he's awesome. Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman. He's smoking. Yeah, I mean, great. He's, he's great like hot Massey. Name. He's a hot Massey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, lumberjack vibes. Hotter Massey. Yeah. The chicks Sorry. dig him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Notre Dame is good. They're just sort of down right now, and uh, it'd be interesting to see where they end up at the end of the season. But they should begin to claw their way back, and beating Clemson is an easy way to do that. All right. What about you, trainer? What was the coordinator's name that went to the the defected from Notre Dame to go to uh, Alabama? Was the offense? Tommy Reese. Yeah, Tommy Reese ruined Sam Hartman. I mean, that they were a national championship contender. I'll go with Clemson. Why not? Dabo, Dabo's down hard. I mean, I feel like this is like the we're gonna we're gonna root for the the uh, the Raiders to win on Monday Night Football against against the Lions. Let's just go ahead and win one for the the like embattled Gipper. <laughs> Noon kickoff Eastern time. Uh, I just clicked on the game. It says it's fir- Notre Dame is ranked first among independents. Like, really? Just give me a break. Seven no and two on the season with a loss at Ohio State. And where else do they lose? Some more surprising. Low Louisville. I think Notre Dame's a better team. Lost to Duke too. And I don't. I don't think Clemson is good. I'm taking. I'm taking Notre Notre Dame. Okay. To cover the three. Now let's move on to the NFL, where I didn't write anything down. Here we go. Dallas. Five, the five and two Dallas Cowboys faced NFC foe, face NFC foe, the Philadelphia Eagles sitting at seven and one. They are on the road, trainer. The Cowboys are on the road. Philadelphia mm. favored mm. by three. Jalen Hurts clearly hobbled, clearly hobbled as he's working himself, playing himself back into shape. 
with a mm-hmm. bomb knee. How do you how do you envision this game going? So last year it was it was a, a shootout in Dallas or the last time we played it was the Gar- the Gardner Minshew my doppelganger did not be him for Halloween again someday I will when he retires I'll be him for Halloween. Um, this is a pretender versus a contender. The pretender is Dallas. The contender is the Eagles. Jalen Hurts. God, I wish he was a cowboy. Um, I feel that going on the road for Dak and the and the Cowboys after beating the being the hell out of the Rams at home. I've seen them lose to the Cardinals, and the Cardinals have actually put up a lot of good fights this year. Mm-hmm. But I like the Eagles at home. Yeah. I think AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown just run all over the secondary. We've we lost um, we lost Trayvon Diggs. Yep. Micah Parsons can potentially get to Jalen Hurts, but also Jalen Hurts is just he's he's a badass. Like he's a gamer. Like I just he's not he's not somebody that I'm going to bet against. Yeah. So. AJ Brown is going for a seventh consecutive game with over 125 yes. yards receiving. Is that right? Or 150 yards receiving? 125. Yep. You he, got it. They are a machine. Uh, DeAndre Swift has been an incredible addition to that backfield. The backfield has not – that was a steal. Sneaky – yeah, steal. Sneaky steal. Yeah, Philadelphia Philadelphia by three. I'd even tease it up. I would even tease it up higher. Dallas does do a good job. That's not rough. (laughs) Dallas does do a good job of beating bad teams. Philadelphia is not that. They are a good team. What what say you, George? You got an opinion on this? No, I agree. I think Jalen is probably going to play through a bum knee, and he's probably going to pull it out. He's a gamer. He's awesome. Uh, not really sure what the Cowboys are capable of right now. Uh, no, they seem I- to be trending in, you know, well, no, I can't even say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine they're going to... They're, they're trending in the I, direction of the Jim Harbaugh sweepstakes is what is how I feel. They are they're Mike, trending Mike towards sucks. their next game that they have to play. Um, oh, no, I think, I think Philadelphia is going to pull this one out. I actually have... You guys like conspiracy theories. I have a question mm-hmm. here. Okay. Um, so, the, so the Eagles stole A.J. Brown from the Titans, and now they, at the trade, de- the trade deadline was kind of, kind of sneakily quiet, but there was like some actual transactions that kind of mattered. So the Eagles stole A.J. Brown from the Titans a couple of years ago. Now they stole the two-time pro safety Kevin Byard um, after their sec- secondary has been decimated this year. They, they traded nothing for him. And also the Niners stole Trent Williams from the Commanders a couple of years ago, and then they stole Chris Young, sorry Chase Young away from the Commanders. I think there's some sort of weird like system where like, the Titans are helping the Eagles and then and the commanders are helping the Niners that like oh. it'll be it so it's, it's a different show it, it's a it's a, a different podcast we got we got to like you know you know flesh it out but there's something going on here and it, it, I don't like how these teams are helping the Eagles or at least the the Titans are I'll just answer that quickly uh maybe yeah, maybe we have like an NFL tier system and the Titans are like a farm league team for the yes for yeah, the Eagles exactly. and the commanders are a farm league team for uh the Niners. Did any? I know that Shanahan spent some time in D.C. Did Vrabels? He's been a Patriot through and through. Is there any other hmm. connection between the Eagles and the Titans that someone's got an inside scoop on some of their players? I don't know. We'll no, have to look unless, that up. No, unless Jalen Hurts has video of Mike Vrabel murdering some somebody and he's Possibly. holding him like with back, blackmail. It's possible. Possible. Yeah. Not okay. off the yeah. table. All right, let's go across the pond to Germany. Miami six and two. Kansas City six and two. They lost to them. Broncos? Mm-hmm. The mm. Broncos? Last time, Massey, the last time, and George, Massey, the last time, and George, 
the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs, <laughs> Mahomes, 20th birthday, celebrated in Lubbock with Texas Tech. Barack Obama was in office, and the Royals were winning their second straight ALCS. That's a long time ago. Gas was a dollar. It was gas was it was a, was a different <laughs> time since yeah. Mahomes was just a boy. <laughs> I think Miami is kind of in that category of good against bad teams. And then when they have to step up and play the big boys, they flounder a little bit. I think what what I'm gonna do though is is I'm gonna blow your mind here. Mm-hmm. Miami flew over to Germany on Monday or Tuesday, so they've been there a little while. Kansas City is flying over tonight. Now the jet lag, I think, will affect Kansas City more, and Miami might win this game. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Miami here. Yeah, it's interesting that they're both doing like very different extremes of how you acclimate to you know the other side of the world. Yeah, <laughs> like let's go early and get used to it. Let's go right before and just roll the dice. Kansas- so we're saying that Kansas City's had they've gone over and they've had too many Frank they've had too many bratwursts and um, too few German beers. Too, too few. few. Okay. Kansas City, Miami's there already, <laughs> and they're they're getting acclimated to the culture. <laughs> George, who do you have in this game? Taylor Swift. All right. Taylor All Swift. Right. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Did you see that OJ Simpson said he going? was actually OJ Simpson was turned on by Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes handshake? Did you guys watch that video? <laughs> I, that was a good time. Uh, I try to I try to <laughs> distance myself from OJ Simpson quite a bit. Is he is he plotting? Um, anyway, <laughs> I will <laughs> <laughs> He's named his next victim. Um, I'll, go, I'll go Dolphins. All right. All right. Uh, moving on. Buffalo has to travel to Cincinnati. Two teams that we thought were going to be at the top tier of the AFC. Buffalo struggled recently. They're five and three. Cincinnati four and three. They're favored by two. They really came to play against the 49ers. Joe Burrow looks like who we thought he was. Joe Burrow and really stuck it to the 49ers. I'm taking Cincy by two at home. What say you, George? Mm, I want to pull for Burrow. I think Cincy's got it, but uh, it's going to be a good game. I'm not really sure how this one's going to break down, but I'm going to I'm going to pick Cincy. Josh Allen and the and Buffalo trainer mm. get right get right here. It's a tough AFC yeah, matchup. So, so I've looked at a lot of like. Pretenders versus contenders. Uh, the only trash team that we've mentioned so far is the Cowboys. They're a pretender. I think the Bills and the Bengals are contenders. I feel like they've definitely like played. They played down to like how actually good they are. The Bills did trade for, uh, I think it's Rasul Douglas. Which oh, and they have I know- Leonard Fournette. They just signed. And, and and Leonard Fournette. Oh my! Have you seen his hamstrings? They look like biceps. Uh, you guys no, seen that? No. You heard about that? Um, there's a funny situation where Josh Allen formally told uh, Douglas one-on-one that he effing sucks. And I, I'm, I'm one of the, I'm a big fan of like when a player, you, you remember the Lions player, the defensive player that said that Jared Goff was doo-doo garbage or whatever. Yeah. And then he had to start playing with him again. Yeah, yeah. This is the same situation, which I think is hilarious. So they're, they're buds. They're, they're going to play together. Um, I'll take the bills on the road. I think that this is kind of one of those, you know, the Chiefs are the the high standard. Obviously, the Dolphins are too. And these two teams are kind of fighting for the third tier 
uh, in, in that in the AFC. Yeah, so um, I'll go Bills. In contrast to what you're saying, uh, Seattle five and two on the road, traveling east to Baltimore six and two. Baltimore favored by six. I think Baltimore Ooh. might be that that's that almost just below first tier that we've anointed Kansas City at the last couple of years, deservingly so. Baltimore is playing championship style football. They're very well coached. Lamar Jackson is keeping himself he- healthy. Seattle, are they good? Is Seattle good trainer? Are they are they as good as their record? <laughs> Your record is who you are. Um, I'd say Seattle is. I'd say the way the way that Brock Purdy's looked with the Niners in the NFC East or sorry NFC West. I'd say that the Seattle is definitely a contender to win that division. And Seattle did make the playoffs last year, which is surprising because Geno Smith outplayed what we thought he was. They re-signed him and. I, I do like Seattle and I like them to I like them to cover on the road because the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, I just I really never know what to think of them. They did go to Arizona. The Cardinals actually have played a lot better this year than I thought they would with a new coach. I think that like I, I hate to say it, but the Eagles coordinators have done a great job in uh Indianapolis and in Arizona actually playing on kind of like lesser teams mm-hmm. and playing up to the teams that come in and visit them. So I, I, I feel like Seattle, yeah, I think, I think Seattle will cover this game. And I, the Ravens, I just like, I still cannot figure them out. I'll take Baltimore in the points to be contrarian because yeah. I, I think they're the, they're the real deal. George, you, you want to weigh in, in on this? No, you did good. You got to take Baltimore in the points. They're in him. Lamar's playing really good football. That's a good pick. L.A. Chargers, three and four, are favored by three and a half against the Scrappy. New York Jets, who are four and three without Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to say it. Somehow, the Chargers have to win a game. Will they do it against the Jets? No, the Jets cover because the Chargers and Brandon Staley are trash. I'm taking the Jets plus the points, trainer. What say you? Yeah, I mean, it was impressive. Even though it's the Giants and they were so bad last week, they held the Giants to negative nine net passing yards. Oh, so bad. So bad. 20, 24 combined punts, guys. That's ridiculous. Um, they uh, The Chargers, they murdered the Bears on Sunday Night Football. But going on the road against this defense, I do like the Jets to cover too. So they'll win by a field goal, the Chargers will. George, you like you like uh you like the Chargers or the Jets in this case? Uh Herbert's for real. I would take the Chargers here. Um I was trying to be different yeah. than Trainer, but he copied me. No, I hear you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. <laughs> I I might uh, switch my pick and be in u- unity with George against Trainer. Last game, y'all ready? I'm ready. Minnesota four and four. I have no idea who's playing quarterback for Minnesota this week. At Atlanta, who's also four and four, I'm pretty sure Taylor Heineke is playing for Atlanta. Maybe, just maybe, they'll give it to their fourth pick overall, uh, Kyle Pitts, and actually use him as a weapon. Atlanta favored by four and a half at home. Trainer, what Ooh. say you? So this was my my mid pick. I didn't have this as a pretender versus contender. These these teams, like I feel like this is the playoff game for these two teams that blow that one of them will make the <laughs> NFC wild card or the Falcons just win the NFC South and NFC South's garbage. 
Sorry, Massey. I still love you. Um, <laughs> Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall versus Taylor Heineke. Hey, kids. That's, that's what you got to look forward to in this matchup on Sunday. I guess I'll just go Falcons at home because I like Taylor Heineke and I've seen him play before because I don't know who Jaron Hall is. Seen you're, you're right. I yeah. don't know who Jaron Hall is, and I was going to yeah. take Atlanta all the way, especially since we know that Heineke is starting. You got any mm-hmm. opinions on uh, uh, Minnesota's quarterback situation or, or Atlanta going into this, George? <laughs> no, this is tough. I kind of I like Josh uh, Dobbs though. He's uh, he was a lot of fun at Tennessee, and I know he's not going to replace Kirk Cousins. If he if he was coming right into the situation, because I feel like he's what if Josh that Dobbs plays? Have they announced I don't that think he's going to? No, they, no, I think that, I think they've already given Jaron Hall. I, I I feel like it's one of the. So Baker Mayfield last year, I'll give him Baker's dozen, by the way. Uh, download Teton Sports Talk on podcasts anywhere. Baker's dozen, Baker's dirty dozen. Baker Mayfield was handed a playbook last year for the Rams, and he won that game against the Raiders. If Josh Dobbs was just handed the playbook for the Vikings on the road, I would feel a little better about the Vikings, but I don't. I just, I don't know. I just, Jaron, who's Jaron Hall? What do you, you go to college? Jer- Jaron Hall was born on March 24th, 1998. He was born in <laughs> Spanish Fork, Utah. Now, if you don't know where Spanish Fork, Utah, it is about 20 minutes south of Provo, Utah, where the College of BYU is. I've been to that Chick-fil-A many a times, twice this, this weekend, by the way. He uh, got drafted in the uh, fifth round. And the 2023, so he's a rookie. Give the thing to Josh Dobbs. Give the reins to Josh Dobbs. That guy's not doing anything this this week. Yeah, you flew him. You flew him into Atlanta. You might as well just give him the starting, you know, starting reins. I think he put up 50 up against UVA, maybe even 60 UVA two years ago. He was a gamer, man. Sports fans, that is all the time we have for you. Uh, if you're listening now, you've, you're listening to the podcast. We're not live on KHOL because they, they definitely cut us short like they always do. But anyway, <laughs> I'd like to thank Trainer down in Texas and my good friend George Oswald down in Mobile, Alabama. Great show, guys. Hey, George. Thank you all very much. This is uh, my third time to do it. I'm up there in the ranks of Dawson Smith and Morgan Cox and all the other TST faithful. That's right. Mor- Morgan Cox ghost ghosted us this uh this offseason trainer. Should we should we dip our dip our uh messages back in his DMs? We should. We should. I, I don't know if does he want to plug something? We can plug whatever he's you know he's pitching, you know. I'm sure it's an energy drink. They all got him. Sports fans. All right, that's it. That's all. Awesome.